Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. back with the coyote fitness podcast hunter here with caleb and tyler and today we're going to talk about something that's really fun we're going to talk about what you would do if you were starting your fitness journey from scratch from ground zero so if you're out there listening and you are deciding you want to start your health and fitness journey we're going to talk about what we think you should do today tyler this is a i just can't do it i wanted to make a joke I wanted to say, He's like, Tyler, no you're living this right now, so tell us about this. He's got no Starting jokes. from ground zero. What if one were a tennis player and wanted to be a... I have been the, vic- <laughs> I have been the victim here you know, of, we've, of we, many of these jokes. We've all got to be new at something, Caleb, and yours is telling jokes, and that's okay. Oh. Hey, easy hey. wins. All right, back Less to Less than a minute in and already just a dagger to the heart. Okay, so um, I think we can go a couple different ways with this. Number one, we can kind of talk about... Um, looking back on our own journey and what we might have done different. And number two, we can just speak in general uh, to what we would recommend somebody doing when, if they wanted to get started. So um, I think there's a lot of different directions we can go today, but it'll be a fun conversation because I think even if you at home are well into your journey, you probably know somebody who is not and might want to start from ground zero. And we know how overwhelming it can be to look at a gym, look at health and fitness, maybe you start doing some research and you see so many different options, so many different people out there saying different things that all seem contradictory. Um, and it can be hard to kind of figure out where to, where to even begin. So I think this would be a good, good topic of discussion. Yeah. Big surprise here. I think if we were starting and where we do start with clients is kind of just setting the expectation of what is the percentage of the results? And, and of course, we ask them what they want to do, but most of the time the answer is very similar. Lose body fat, build some muscle, build some strength, be able to be more physically active when they leave the gym and in the hobbies that they have. And most of the time, I think the conversation ends up shifting back to what is the expectation of where are you going to gain the most progress towards that goal the fastest? because we want people to build positive momentum and get that snowball rolling and building. And so for us in the past, I think, you know, we've talked about this over and over again, but I think a lot of times we look at the sexier parts of exercise and we think, oh, the intensity piece, the lifting, the weightlifting and things like that, instead of building back and saying, hey, this person can make a significant physical change 
by focusing on their nutrition and by having a focus on what should I, what are the things that are actually causing me to have this problem in the first place? What is causing me to be overweight? Well, it's not uh, necessarily just the lack of activity. For a lot of people, it's um, overconsumption of eating. And for a lot of people, they don't know what those foods are. So just having basic conversations about nutrition and then giving them uh, kind of permission to move at their own pace. So I would say a nutrition focus is kind of where where I like to start with people because they can see that initial progress very quickly, uh, more so even than necessarily overwhelming them with 12, 15 different movements in the gym that all feel really awkward. Yeah. Um, I think probably all three of us, if we had to like build a framework, would probably have sort of different but then underlying tones of a framework and I think back to whenever um, I was in a position where I was kind of on my own for the first time um, in college it was kind of up to me you know I wasn't doing high school sports anymore so it was up to me if I wanted to go work out or not or if I wanted to play a sport or not or if I wanted to just shoot basketball or did I actually want to work out Uh, and so a lot of people I think if I was talking to someone who has never, you know, worked out before in their life, or if they were like, man, where do I start? Where did you start? I think the number one thing where I would start is to just show up. I think a lot of times, like Caleb said, and this is a good point, you get like, we can all get caught up on the, the clean and jerk complex and the back squat three rep max days. When really a lot of times, if we're really starting out, the, the step one should be to just show up. Even if you don't have a goal in mind, if you have, it's like, I have no idea actually why I'm walking in the door. That's kind of what we do is kind of help someone set those goals or find out really what those goals are. So just building the habit of showing up. So like, for example, when I was at school, um, I had a group of guys, about three or four of us that we would follow main sites, workouts, like, like .com main site workouts at the uh at the school gym and like we were the guys doing burpees in the rotc corner like you know no one no one everyone else is you know doing curls and you know lat pull downs and we're over here like you know doing dumbbell thrusters and it was like all right so we had a group of guys that we could rely on and if one of us didn't show up so accountability accountability right we had a group and so having that accountability is you know when someone didn't show up someone you know you're you're getting a text hey where you at and so, like, from the start, it's it was just making showing up a habit. And so that's, I think, what I would encourage most people, if they don't already have this as a habit, to just find a way to make working out in some type of way a habit. I was thinking about this because I, uh, I, I was thinking about some specific people I know from high school and just kind of thinking if I were talking to them um, and giving them advice on if they, they wanted to start, you know, health fitness journey, wanted to start losing weight and haven't really done anything in 20 years, what, what would I recommend? And I, I was thinking through that and, and kind of created a post about it, but I was thinking along the lines of what, uh, are the simplest, most effective things that I think they they should start with. And to me, I kept coming back to, um, the most important thing is you got to develop the change your identity into I'm the type of person who um, is a healthy and fit person. I'm the type of person who does hard things um, that are hard in the short term, but are going to pay off long term. And I kind of thought of it as um, 
you need to develop the habits first more than anything. And so I, I really just highlighted three things that I thought uh, check the box of uh, activity, check the box of uh, nutrition, and check the box of developing the identity of I'm the type of person who is going to do something that's going to pay off uh, for me in the long term with my health and fitness. So the first was uh, joining a gym and um, scheduling four sessions a week on your calendar. So I think scheduling in advance is so important because it makes it a priority and you're setting an appointment with yourself uh, that um, if you schedule in advance, you're going to schedule everything else around it. But if you're trying to figure out when you're going to show up day in and day out based on what the day um, happens that day, um, it's going to be hard to keep consistent. And so um, first and foremost, I, I thought if you join a gym and schedule um, four days a week that you're going to show up and do that for a month or two, you're going to start to uh, develop that habit of going to the gym on those days. And that'll just be part of your life. And, you know, over the years, we've seen so many people come and go in Coyote and so many people that have stuck with it for 10 years. And by far, the people who have stuck around the longest are the ones that consistently show up to the same class over time on the same days in the same class. If you if it's Monday at 4.30, you know that you're gonna see them. And if they're not there, you're wondering, well, what's going on? Um, or, you know, whatever the, it, whatever the class is, the people that seem to try to fit it in, um, you know, at this time this day, this time the other day, you know, you never know what class they're gonna show up, what day they're gonna show up. Um, by and large, those people don't tend to stick with it for years. And the people that stick with it for years are the ones that show up to the same time every day. So that was the first one I thought was they to start just scheduling a time on your calendar. And to me, what you do and what gym it is is secondary um, at first. The most important thing is developing the habit. Now, obviously, the better the gym you go to, the more supportive it is, the more accountability they have in place, um, the better coaching, all that type of stuff. That's going to make it much easier on you in the short term and in the long term. But first and foremost man, join a gym and go four days a week. And then once you get that habit, if you feel like, ah, I want to find something different, you can find another gym, but still keep going at the same time. And then the second one was the diet piece. And what by and large, what we always see is people are chronically under eating protein. And I thought if they could, if to simplify it as best I could, could to make the most bang for their buck would be to just track their protein and make sure that they get uh, closer to body weight and protein every day, because that's going to help them repair muscle. And so it's going to help them uh, build muscle and uh, perform better in their workouts. And then also it's going to, um, you know, make them feel fuller so they're not eating as much fat and carbs uh, in their meal. And if they can start developing that habit of tracking their protein every single day, seven days a week, um, that's going to start changing their diet and changing the way they think about food because they have to they have to pick their protein first every single meal if they're going to hit their protein because we all know it's really hard to hit protein. And when most people, when they first start tracking, are literally eating half as much as we recommend, that's a huge uh, win that they can have right off the bat. And then start focusing on, uh, on the other things. And then the third thing I had was go for a walk every single day because every single day, go for a walk. Number one, it's going to be great for your health. It's going to burn a few extra calories. It's great for your mental health because it gives you time to think. It helps your stress and anxiety. There's so many benefits of going for a walk. It helps you get vitamin D as you're outside in the sun. Um, but the other other aspect of it, and I think even more important than all that stuff, is every single day you're checking a mark in the box of, I'm the type of person who is going to do something for my health and fitness. Every single day. And you do that long enough, you start developing the characteristics and traits of the type of person who is a healthy and fit person. And if you start changing your identity and start seeing yourself as that, then you will start 
you know, all the other dominoes will start falling. But the, to me, the most important thing is to start developing that um, identity of that type of person because once you are that type of person, it makes it easy, so much easier to make the healthy decision, to make the decision to go to the gym when you don't feel like, to make the decision to uh, pick the healthy food, uh, make the decision to skip the, the cake when everybody else is eating the cake because you're the type of person that does hard things um, in the short term for the benefits in the long run. Does that make sense? It it does make sense. And, and that is <laughs> It's our, almost so simple, like it hurts. That is our podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. <laughs> we Give wrap us it a up rating. Then. Catch uh, you on next week. is gonna go to monologue. I again. think the thing I was thinking about with that, because that just that like summarizes the exact same things that all of us have that we want to talk about. And one thing that kind of to branch off of that that I think is important is understanding that when when you see early change when you're developing, when you're at ground zero and you're starting something new and you make a financial investment to join a gym, you make a financial investment to go and spend $50 on protein, um, those kind of things sting. They, they remind you that you're starting something new. They're a reminder of that. But what's important is that early on and as early as possible, you get the reinforcement that this is working. If you start too slow, if you start with something and say, I'm going to work out one day a week and I'm going to drink a glass of water, that those are great habits to develop, but it's going to take you four months before you see the results of one day a week of exercise. And so what I like to do is in regards to the nutrition and setting a schedule in your activity to try to make it as tangible as possible and set the minimum number of changes that you can make to where your body is physically going to change. Because what happens when other people and yourself see the results is that you get that reinforcement that this is working and that mentally helps you flip the switch to say I am a healthy person I do have a plan I do know what works and now I can just mentally set that kind of framework of I'm going to commit to this for the long run and so what I think to echo what Hunter said uh, starting with protein is important because protein fills you up more and not only are you going to build muscle, but you're also going to be full. And when you're full, you don't have to have that decision of, do I go in and grab the kid's goldfish, a handful of goldfish, because I'm starving waiting for dinner. Well, if we had 120 grams of protein earlier in the day, all of a sudden that eliminates that need to snack because you do feel more full. The same goes with water. Water, drinking 100 ounces of water is incredibly tangible, and it's something that physically fills your stomach up and helps your you not to have to fight that brain cue of always needing a snack or needing that sugar in the afternoon. So when you have more energy and you're building muscle and you're eating protein, it's going to help you eliminate the decision that often comes down to willpower, and that's where people break over the course of weeks. So with nutrition, the water and the protein, it's very tangible, and it also eliminates the carb fat, the snacking. Then the activity, four days a week, gets you over that hump no matter what you're doing. Like Hunter said, doesn't matter what gym, where you're going. If you're moving around intentionally exercising for 40 minutes to 60 minutes, four times a week, you're going to at least get the ball rolling as far as your calorie expenditure and you're going to start to see some change. And then again, when you commit to that for a two-week window and you give yourself the patience of allowing two weeks and then you get that first feedback on the scale where you see a little bit more definition in your muscle and the scale is going down. And someone, your your spouse, your friend says, hey, have you lost a little weight? Have you doing that? That is like a light bulb going off in people's mind. And when you get that social reinforcement early on, that can spark six months of activity. And so that's what I would say is for me, when people start at ground zero, 
we want to know what's the minimum that you can see results and what is the quickest that we can see results because that can spiral into six months of commitment when you get that early uh, reinforcement. Yeah, I like how specific that is. Um, I think, you know, and then so there's kind of the analytical side of, of the game where it's like, hey, you show up this ex- exact amount of times and, you know, eat this exact amount of protein, be very specific with the measurements, and you're going to see specific results. Um, and then there's kind of that other side that's a little little bit more motivational, I think. Um, and so I look, I'm look. i looking at my notes, and, you know, if you're listening, you can't see my notes sitting in front of us. Um, but, you know, something I wrote in the, the one, two, three I wrote was show up, measure, and then voice. And it sounds like that's kind of the framework that, um, you know, to an extent more detailed that, y- you know, y'all are hitting on is like, hey, build the habit, set the goals, know the expectation of what the work's going to get you. Um, and then I think the third thing is to to be proud of the changes in the steps that you're taking um, because, you know, what we do is, you know, kind of considered abnormal from the society's standpoint, I think. So, you know, I don't know the exact percentage or the exact number, but I'd be willing to bet that less than, you know, 85% of, you know, probably at least three quarters of Americans are, you know, doing some type of challenging physical activity. I mean, don't quote me specifically on that, but I just would be willing to bet. And so be proud of, like Caleb said, like, and, and Hunter, like y'all were saying, like, be, be proud of being someone who identifies as I do challenging things. And so, uh, you know, starting off, if there's something that I probably – think that I would have done differently or done earlier was to just begin to voice my goals and just to tell someone like if it's one person that you know in the gym if it's your coach if it's on Instagram it's on Facebook if you want to tweet it you want to yell it off your rooftop doesn't matter if you are setting a goal tell somebody about it because now you've got someone that's gonna you know ask you about that goal or just sometimes voicing it out loud makes it make more sense like I want to you know lose 30 pounds of body fat. Well, when you say that out loud, it can sound a little bit daunting, but when you say it to a friend or to a coach, say, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds of body fat, th- their response may be, okay, well, let me help you. And so no one else around you is going to know your goals unless you tell them because it's not going to be written on you know your forehead. And so that's something that I used to do for myself was like, oh, I'm going to stick my goal. I'm going to keep my goals to myself and I'm going to accomplish them. And then everyone's going to all of a sudden just see that I accomplished my goal. And then I would, you know, I would accomplish that goal and I wouldn't, you know, feel that satisfaction of accomplishing it because I didn't really tell anybody. And so, when I, you know, whenever, you know, you, if your goal is, you know, a little more competitive and it's based on the open and you're like, hey, I want to qualify for quarterfinals through the open. Like, if you don't ever tell anybody that's your goal and you qualify through quarterfinals, a lot less people are going to be proud of you for accomplishing that goal because no one knew it was your goal. Or if it's something even more like, I want to complete the 50 workout challenge this year put your name on the 50 workout challenge board and now you know you've got something whenever you complete that goal there's a bit of reward there and so if you're kind of reward based like I'm a very like reward based person like I like to have immediate feedback and results then that's a really easy way whenever you do accomplish your goal to get some feedback on it it's like hey I've set this goal this is what I'm gonna do and so just voicing the goals can kind of help solidify that identity. And so it doesn't even have to be so specific that like it makes the brain hurt when it's just like, "Ah, I want to lose 30 pounds. I'm going to tell three people in my gym and my coach. Now four people know about my goal. And whenever I, you know, need help on it, I've got someone to ask. So 
uh, just voice voice that goal. Be you know, be as loud and as proud as you can be about it because most people aren't really setting those kind of goals. And so it'll uh, just be a good way to keep yourself in the game for sure. Um, one other thing I thought about, I think that it's very important to uh, remind people when they starting out when they're starting out is that no one is going to do it for you. Um, I really think that a lot of people deep down think that somebody is going to save them from their situation or do the work for them or think that if they go in and join the join a gym, then magically uh, they're going to be fit because they paid money and joined the gym and, and hired a coach or whatever it is. You know, ultimately, the coach can give you all the tools uh, that are going to get you wherever you want to go to, but you're the one that has to do it. You're the one that has to show up. If you don't show up, um, you're not going to, you know, make the progress. And so being completely um, aware of the fact that you are the one, you are the reason that you're in whatever position you're in, whether you're happy with it or you're unhappy with it, it is because of you and all the things you've done leading up to this. And getting out of that position or improving your position is only going to be up to you and nobody else is going to do it for you and nobody else is going to save you. And I think that's something that we all struggle with because we feel deep down that, um, some, at some point, somebody's going to come in on a, on a white horse and, and take us to the promised land and we will just follow them and, and, um, we'll be there. But ultimately we're the ones that have to get to wherever we want to get to. And if you can take ownership in that, it's, it's, stressful but it's also freeing the fact that know that you can be the one to make the change and it's up to you to do it and if you want to you you're going to be the one that has to do it and so um sometimes we'll hear people say something like that didn't work for me or this didn't work for me but when you see it working for so many other people then it's not the specific thing that's not working it's the person that's doing it that is the reason that it didn't work. And so if there's somebody that is having success with a given program, um, if you have seen them change their body composition doing um, a certain type of exercise, but your body isn't changing, then it's not the, the exercise program that they're doing. It's the, it's it's you. It's You're not doing something that they're doing. And if you can understand that fact and realize that, I need to find out what it is that they're doing different than what I'm doing because I thought we were doing the same thing, but obviously they're doing something different because they're they're making progress and I'm not. Then you can really start digging deep and figuring out um, what is going on and what needs to needs to change. But ultimately, when you're starting out, just by joining a gym, just by hiring a coach, that's a great first step, and that's a, a step that everybody should take. But that's just the step. That's the step to start the work. And the process comes after that. The work comes after that. The work is not done once you, your bank account, uh, the money leaves your bank account. The work is just begunning at that point. Now it's time to actually get down and follow the instructions of the coach or the program or whatever it is and make sure you get it done. But you're the one that has to do it. And you have to be the one to make that a priority because there's you know, so many other areas of life that are going to demand your attention and pull you and try to keep you from, you know, derail you, especially if you're starting something brand new, the hardest part is going to be the beginning because there's going to be all these other things that come up and, um, try to derail you and keep you from, you know, changing because, uh, you know, we like homeostasis. We like, we like, we don't like to change people in general don't like to change. And when we start changing, um, 
everything tries to keep keep us from changing and so if we can realize that going into it that we're the ones that have to do it also it's going to be hard and it's going to be a lot harder than we think it's going to uh be uh and it's going to take a lot longer than we think it's going to be it's not going to be a six week all, all of a sudden i'm where i want to be um because i see this other person in here and they look exactly like all i want to well maybe they've been coming for 10 years you know it might take you a lot longer than you realize but if you can have those expectations on the front end knowing i'm the only one that can do the work and it's up to me whether i make it or not it's nobody else's fault but myself and number two it might take a lot longer but you know what i'm gonna i'm not gonna stop until i get there and however long it takes is however long it takes if you can have those two realizations going into you will get to where you want to get to it might take longer it might take shorter but those are just paramount and so important but if you don't realize those things you're going to be much more likely to fall off um sooner rather than later because um you had unrealistic expectations of how long it was going to take and then also of the amount of work that was going to require proper expectations is really important it's why it's so important to do this and to not do it on your own because you have other guides who have either been there before or are on the journey as well and can testify to the fact that yeah it does take a little longer than maybe i expected and so that's why it's so important to have a place in a place that you trust because whenever you are setting a goal you want to have a realistic expectation of what to um what to expect at certain stages along the journey so you know you're on track and you can also auto correct but one of the things that i thought too that also is just kind of like it's not really a main category but i like to talk about this we talk about it in nutrition but for a lot of people when they're at ground zero and they're starting from the very beginning, they have a they currently have a habit that is um, negatively affecting all the new things that they want to do. And so they start with the coach, the gym, the nutrition, and maybe they forget that they have a habit ongoing right now that is going to vastly diminish all those good things yep. that they're working to do. So it's the easy example is I'm gonna hit all my protein, but I'm going to drink alcohol at night right after that protein and they don't understand that that is actually shutting down all the benefits they're getting from that protein so the body can process alcohol for the next nine hours. And so they're doing one thing thinking it's going to get them somewhere and they have this one habit that is actually derailing all the work they've done. And so it, whether it be alcohol, you guys may have some other things that you've seen in the past. It could be, um, you know, it could be a mental, something that they've got mentally going on. It could be that they have this social, they have a social schedule that is interfering with the progress that they want to make. And so they think that, all right, I'm doing all these great things. And then they go home and their spouse every day over and over is having the same conversation about wanting to go to this restaurant twice a week or order this food a couple times a week. And so I think for, for us, we like to have conversations with people on the front end and say, hey, is there something that's like this big elephant in the room that is actually worth addressing and then looking to find a healthy option to either replace it or to um, educate them on what that is so that they're not accidentally derailing all these great things we've been talking about. Here's a conversation I had literally yesterday in the gym and uh, we were working out and uh, there was a girl in there and she was talking about um, we were talking about weight loss and stuff and all of a sudden she just brought up that the beach body challenge hadn't worked for her and I said well okay why, why not? Why, why don't you think it worked? And she immediately said her spouse. And um, she said that they were, you know, going in, trying to do it together. And um, he kept, like, after a day or two, he'd be like, well, let's go eat Mexican or let's go do this. And 
um, I don't want to eat that healthy food. I want to eat something else. Mm-hmm. And so um, we kind of talked through it a little bit and um, we, the, you know, kind of came to the conclusion that eventually um, it's going to be really, really hard to make progress if at home you're not, you're not, you're not being supported. You know, somebody else is constantly derailing you. And we, we kind of talked about, you know, ultimately you just got to sit down and draw a hard line and say, look, this is really important to me. I want to do this because this, this, and this, and I'm going to do this this way. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine, but you can eat, you can eat Mexican, but I'm not going to go with you. I'm Mm going to eat something else. And, um, that's a really, really hard conversation for a lot of people to have, especially when you're married. Um, and we talk about all the time how, a lot of times the people that make the most progress in the, in the beach body challenge or with diet coaching or, um, in the gym, it's because their spouse is doing it with them and they have mm-hmm. support at home. But if people are at home are not supporting you, it can make it so much harder. It's funny because my wife has been watching this like ultimate transformation show, um, you know, weight loss show, um, on like, uh, like on Netflix or something, they're old episodes, but, um, I haven't really been watching it, but you know, it's kind of on in the background. So I've picked up on some things and a lot of times the people will make progress and then all of a sudden everybody else at home will kind of start sabotaging them and like bringing Mm -hmm. in extra food at home. And then it kind of derails them because they have a hard time not eating the food um, because it's at home. And then the the trainer goes in and has the conversation with the whole family and is like, look, this, this person, this means really a lot to them and you guys are derailing them by your actions. And so, um, what you guys do is what you guys do, but please stop setting this other person up to fail. And so I, th- I thought that was really profound to think about, you know, we can have the best intentions in the world. And if our environment is not supporting us in that, it's just going to make it exponentially harder to do. We all only have so much willpower. And if there's constantly junk food at home, there's only so many days we're going to be able to walk by it before we eventually eat it. And that's, I know for a fact, if, if junk food comes into my house, I'm going to eventually eat it. It might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be two weeks, but eventually it's going to get eaten. So the only solution is to not bring it in the home if you don't want to eat it. And um, no matter how strong your willpower is, eventually you're going you're gonna to break down. And so if you can f- figure out a way to create a supportive environment at home, because the gym is going to be a supportive environment, especially if you work out at a good gym, because um, good gyms have a lot of people who are really trying to better themselves. But outside of the gym, the other 23 hours a day, you got to try to create as a supportive uh, environment as you can and set yourself up to succeed as, as best you can and try to eliminate as many of the pitfalls as possible that you can. We, I mean, we get to talk about this a lot. And through over the last three years of doing diet coaching with with folks, this has been something that I think is really important. So if you're sitting there, you're starting from ground zero. That means the people that you live in community with most likely probably aren't starting at ground zero at the exact same moment that you get motivated. And it also is important to remember that there has been some time where both of you were aligned or or that group of people was aligned in things that are unhealthy. And when you try to get off that train, there is a responsibility on your part to have that conversation and not to expect everybody else to change on your timetable. And so that's something that's a deeper part of this conversation, but also having empathy for the people around you. And like, like you said, Hunter, this is, you're the only person that can do this. No one Mm -hmm. else can do this for you. And so it is also up to you to be patient with the people around you and not to get mad at them for wanting to go eat Mexican because for the last five years you've gone to Mexican every Friday night and you've had 1500 calorie meals 
So I think there's also that where you also can realize there's a way to make it easier on other people around you. And that just, I feel like that needs to be said because it is a conversation we have often on, okay, how can I be patient with my uh, significant other who I'm going out to eat with? And all of a sudden now their life is going to have to change and the things that they love have to change a little bit. And so we come up with strategies around that. So just understanding that there's, there's definitely two sides to that. It's not an excuse either way, but being prepared for that is so important from the very beginning. So you don't have all these conflicts because we've seen people leave the gym. We've seen people Mm -hmm. make a lot of progress and that strain and the buildup of constantly going to places that are counterintuitive because our bodies, we just can't, we can't rely on willpower for that long. Yeah. Something my, uh, actually Kesty, my wife has said for a long time that I had to look up who said it. Um, his name's Jim Ron, but it's, uh, you know, you are, or we are as humans, uh, the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Um, and so I know that, you know, if we're, we're talking about ground zero, if we're talking about starting off fresh, it's, um, you know, as we get going, um, down that journey, it's, it could be taking a look at, at those five people or the, that those five habits or whatever, however you want to frame that, um, and say, all right, are the people around me helping my goals? Am I helping influence those around me? even whenever I'm setting my goals. And so um, just kind of, you know, if, if you're someone who's starting out and like maybe you just finished on-ramp um, or you haven't even started on-ramp, you haven't even thought about scheduling a tour to join a gym, you know, take some of these things and they may not all apply immediately. They may not all, um, you know, apply at once. But if you could take one or two things from this conversation and, you know, set yourself a goal or two and then, you know, create the habits around those goals and, then voice that reason and voice those goals to others. Uh, I think what what you'll find, and I've found for myself, and I've seen others work for them, is that the people around you are, are going to notice if you're setting some goals, and it's going to be one way or the other. Either they're going to feel you know really confident about you achieving those goals, and they're going to be all for you, or you know they may not be you know in you know prepared to change things about their life for you to accomplish your goals. But at the end of the day it's it's your goal it's your choice it's your reason and uh i think if it's for the best for you which we know coming in and doing fitness and increasing your health and fitness is good for you then i think it's going to positively affect the others around you so even if you're not doing it just for yourself if say you're doing it for someone else and you're like i want to be able to play with my kids like see how that positively affects your kids and if your spouse is you know still trying to get on board with that be like hey look you know i'm this is so far this is the progress that i made and it's worked for me and you know i want to continue to to influence my family this way um and so maybe that's some things we can talk about more but um you know i really like that i like that framework um of just you know show up first you know set your goals have some expectations talk to people about them my final thought would be and I'm just claiming this, it may already exist, but think about the 23 to one rule. You've got 24 hours in a day. You've got an hour where people expect to see a lot of change, but to also remember there are 23 other hours that are not devoted to that hour you have in the gym, where it's also, those are gonna drastically influence your setting this new goal and where you start. And so trying to remember that one is not gonna outweigh the 23 and that whenever you do set a goal, and it starts with getting into the gym, it also needs to kind of be backed up with what do the other 23 hours look like and how much may they be affecting that one hour. So if we put too much expectation into the hour, then I think it can it can kind of lead to that 
you know, improper expectation and frustration. But when we can take a 24 hour view of what your goal is, then all of a sudden you can have these great conversations with the people around you. You can have, you know, what is the biggest impactful small nutrition change I can start with. And then, you know, getting that hour of activity. Um, I think that's something that people can kind of remember whenever they are at the very beginning stages. That That's really good. And uh, Tyler, as you were talking, I thought about there's so much wisdom in um, if you want to do something, find people who are doing that and just go spend as much time with them as you can. If you want to become a healthy and fitness person, find a group of people who are already health and fitney, fit, healthy and fit and living that lifestyle and just go spend time with yeah. them because it's going to rub off on you. The more time you spend with them, you'll hear about things they're saying. You'll see the things that are important to them, their priorities, what they do with their free time, how they're eating, and it'll start rubbing off on you. And that applies to anything else. If you want to make a whole lot of money, go spend a lot of time with people who have a lot of money. And you'll start learning so many things from them. And it, it, it'll change the way you think about what is possible. Um, a lot of times people who maybe um, feel overweight and they just feel like, um, I'm, I'm just going to be this way. It's This is who I am. There's I can't change this. And d they don't realize that there might be somebody living right around the corner from them who used to be at that same weight who is now, you know, a lot less, you know, lost a lot of weight or much fitter and it, they might not even know it was possible to do it in the amount of time they did it. And so if you just start spending time around um, people who are doing what you want to do, you'll be much more likely to, to do it. And the more time you spend with them, I promise you, the more likely you will to, to, to achieve that. And so if you want to be a healthy and fit person and don't feel like you are, go where the healthy and fit people yeah. are. And, uh, you know, typically that's the gym. And so you want to find, find the gym with the, the most people who have made the most progress and feel healthy and fit. Um, because if you just go and join that gym and spend a lot of time there, I promise you, you will eventually get to where you want to get to. That's a great way to That's end it. it. It's it. super simple. Go to where, go to where there's like go to where people go to where your goal is and, uh, and everything else will kind of filter into place. All right. That was a really good discussion guys. Um, so let's move on to the next segment outside the box. All right. So Crisp. I am, I'm dropping one on you guys. I didn't prepare you for this. So uh -oh. I wanted you to, uh, I wanted to see what you what you came up with on the fly, but uh, now that Halloween just passed, I want to know what your guys' most memorable Halloween costume has been in your life. So, which one did we we? Did? Yeah, that okay. you you dress up as. Yeah, um, I think for us, this is something that's new. To be honest, I did not grow up having a big Halloween thing. Um, it just wasn't a huge part of our family. Like Thanksgiving, Christmas were big. Halloween just was not a big thing. Uh, and so I didn't necessarily have a lot of that, but as I've gotten older and I've started, we have a tradition where we go to a family in our gym, they have a big Halloween party and go all out at oh, yeah. centers. The year kind of centers on this. And so, uh, Sarah and I have decided that we're going to commit to like going in on our costumes every year. And so for us, the one where I think we, uh, we nailed it, we did uh, Harry and Marv from home alone and uh my wife just that was a good crushed one. That it was a really good one. i mean yeah. the details so some of the things we did that i think were were great um i had curly hair so that was a start that was easy but the iron we did the iron and the iron marks on the face and then my wife did the hand print on the uh on the doorknob like she burned it her burned hand, hand yeah and she kind of cut a hole in her little stockings on her hand and so uh so anyway we did that one that was our that was my favorite one that we've done 
that's so good that was yeah that was a good time um this was before we all knew each other but in uh in in uh in college and school um we had so we do um in our fraternity we did uh our big brother celebration night where we all picked up a like a mentor right a freshman would pick up an older member as a mentor um and so that's always falls on halloween and so there's uh you know a lot of times the fraternity what we'll do is we'll go trick-or-treat across the row it's a fun way to just like meet other people in other houses and do the you know go to the sorority row and trick-or-treat at the sorority row houses um and then one time we had a banquet and um you know my wife who is all about a party love her so much um everyone dressed in a very nice dress for the banquet um because it was a very formal invite only thing and uh my lovely wife showed up in a hot dog costume mm-hmm. and so because it was halloween uh and so i was never more proud of her proud of her than in that moment right there when she, she can up. own that moment, she owned though. it so like, well she was few so good people who can own that and it was like it was epic of all things the black tie and you show up absolutely as a hot dog epic like and you know i was giving a speech that night and the whole thing it was great it was awesome and everyone was you know and then it's like and enter cassidy in a hot dog costume so tyler up there giving uh, a speech it was great just out in the out in the crowd you just see the the mustard and the the ketchup and it was awesome she's it was like in that moment i knew i wanted to marry that woman you know (laughs) (laughs) uh so one that always sticks out to me was when I was a little kid and uh, I was probably six and my little brother was four and we used to listen and watch these cartoons there. It was like kids praise. It's like a, a kids praise um, um, cartoon and they're the main character is Salty the songbook. Oh, no, I remember Salty. Yeah. <laughs> you no. know Salty. We and salty. and one, another one was Rhythm. And so my mom took these cardboard boxes and and made arms and legs for them. And so I was salty. My brother was rhythm. And so I was this big blue box. And my she painted my, my face blue. And my brother was orange box and painted orange. And there's still pictures of it. But that's awesome. it was hey, really funny. It just s- always sticks out to me. Did yeah. you see Salty live in, ever? Uh-uh. Do you remember I doing that? I don't think so. I, I think I was I still – I think we were still in Jackson. I think I may have – uh, we could have been at that concert together. I might have. I don't know. I have to ask my mom. That, I mean, I was six years old, but I still remember that. Shout and, out to and, all the yeah. all the kids that grew up having yeah. to watch Salty. And, and, and getting to watch Salty. Getting and, to and, watch uh, Salty. Shout out to all the moms who go above and beyond for the uh, Halloween costumes. 100%. And so um, Halloween's always really fun. And um, I always it's it's just so fun to see the, uh, the joy of the uh, kids. And then uh, on another note, I just found this out yesterday. There's a viral video that came out about a week or two ago of a little two-year-old boy running and hugging one of those 12-foot-tall skeletons. I don't know if y'all saw that video. Uh-uh. It's got like 25 million views on TikTok. Um, but his dad works out at Coyote Fitness Madison. Oh, nice. And <laughs> it happened right around the corner, and uh, it went viral. And it, if you look it up, it's just this little boy. He runs out of the car and goes and hugs the, the skeleton and runs and gets back in the car. Apparently, he was doing it every single day so it was pretty funny but uh yeah that was in uh in madison and uh his dad works out at uh, at the gym so he was telling me about it yesterday it's really funny so um that's good stuff halloween always a good time i know we're a little bit past halloween but it's always fun to uh to relive the glory days that's of, cool of childhood so you guys got any recommends for us i gotta recommend this maybe i, I might have talked about this a couple years ago when it first came out but um if you got hbo max there's a series called uh world of calm 
and it's there's nine episodes and if if anybody's ever familiar we talk about this as we talk about sleep and um, trying to get good sleep and maybe like either meditating or doing different things before going to bed to try to help the ease of a lot of people I know have trouble going to sleep so there is uh, an app that you can get called calm it has a you have to uh, subscribe to it and purchase it but there's a free section of it that you can try it but it basically has these uh, famous people and they narrate a story that's kind of like a meditating story where it's very calm and quiet and it just helps you breathe and think uh, and so there's this uh, area eliminate like all the thoughts so it's kind of like actively thinking but there is a there's a series on HBO called World of Calm and they basically go and do a mini 20 to 30 minute kind of documentary and it's very visually stunning uh, in a way that allows you to kind of watch it and really calm down so if you're someone that's like I gotta have the TV on at night and you're trying to transition from watching Netflix into something that's maybe gonna ease your uh, ease you a little bit world of calm give it a shot it is uh, it's it's an awesome thing my wife has never made it through an episode she has never made it through one she's fallen asleep at all of them but I think they're fascinating too they're a little bit educational but um, kind of a visually cool kind of planet earth ish yeah. but uh, in a way they show people creating and making things and they also make it in a way that kind of helps lull you to Does sleep so David Attenborough yeah so if you there's a little David Attenborough there's a uh, Idris Elba he has nice. one on there so anyway go check that out it's a really cool world of calm um, so we have gotten really big into British shows we started with the crown and then we watched uh, Victoria so about Queen Elizabeth and then uh, uh, Queen Victoria so we got into that and so the next one we've been watching is Downton Abbey and we're on season five now, and um, it's just early early twentieth century in uh, Britain with a um, a uh, noble family. Yeah, noble family, and uh, it's it's just the way of life is just fascinating, and it's uh, it's very well written, and the characters are really funny, and um, it's a really good show and easy to, easy to watch, and also really entertaining and very um, educational as well. So if you if you're into that kind of stuff. We've been on a big uh, British uh, kick, and so much so that my wife said she wants to go to uh, visit England very soon. So, um, should do that. Yeah, we need to, and we also want to go to Wales so we can see Wrexham as well. So, um, yeah, to knock out two birds with one stone on that trip. But uh, Downton Abbey, it's a it's a really good show. Um, I think I, I think it might be done. There's six seasons, and then a couple of movies, and then I think it's done after that. We're not done with the show yet. We're on season five, but it's been great so far. So check it out on uh, it's on Amazon prime if you have amazon prime cool uh i usually have a food recommend but uh i can't i can't really think of uh anything other than uh it's thanksgiving coming up um and so you know i'm just gonna recommend to enjoy that sweet potato casserole enjoy uh, the sweet potato casserole if this if you haven't listened to this by then enjoy the the thanksgiving food don't That's feel right. guilty um and uh i promise you one day of eating is not going to do anything for you. So, there you go. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time.
the silky smooth sounds.